it occurred to me as I was shuffling through my iPad. Um, actually, it was my phone, but it's got music on there. So essentially, it's an iPod. But I remember some of these songs. I remember purchasing the original CD or or tape. Um, you know, kind of reminded me of uh, you know go, going back to uh, the various stores. Um, I mean, most recently, it was I used to get my CDs from Amazon, and then before that, CD Now was kind of popular. Um, you know, and then kind of going back before that, uh, there was this store called Record Castle uh, that you could buy new and used CDs and bootleg stuff. Um, but then you have to go back to Strawberries, and, and before that, it was Sam Goody. Um, you know, this is where, if you wanted music, this is where you got to go get it. Um, and so it kind of reminded me, man, whatever happened to record stores? Probably one of the greatest things that I remember from growing up. And, um, you know, it's something that I miss. And, uh, you know, but it wasn't the only, only way to get music. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that today. This is the Whatever Happened To podcast, a Tom Cashman audio experience. Growing up in the late 70s, early 80s, there certainly was no shortage of music in the house. Uh, as far as I can remember, there were records all over the place. Uh, some of the classic records, Zeppelin and Rolling Stones and The Cars. I do remember the, um, I think it was in through the outdoor, Led Zeppelin had the the cover of the album. You could like slide this thing and it would like move uh, windows and stuff like that. Maybe it was Zeppelin 3. I don't know. It was one of those. I'm sure somebody will let me know. But it was it was kind of cool, man. And, and like inside the record, sometimes they'd have the lyrics printed out so you can kind of sing along and. Uh, there's only so much space on a record that you can put a song on. So some of the albums had, it was a double double vinyl, um, you know, so it was like you could only fit, I forget what the exact number of minutes on each record, and then you could have flip it to the other side. But certain albums were so long, they'd, they'd, there'd be a second one. So, and then, you know, the, the, uh, so those were the 33s, right? The long, the, the regular albums. And then they had the, they were kind of like album singles. There were 45s and you needed that special little block to put on your turntable to make sure that you could play, uh, the 45s so they would, they would be straight. So we, I mean, growing up, we had them all. I mean, and, and like, I think it was like every awesome album that ever was ever out there. Um, you know, was in my house somehow. So thankful to uh, all my brothers for introducing me to that at an early age because I, I, you know, I couldn't get enough. I was surrounded by it, and um, you know, probably what led me to become a musician myself. And uh, especially after hearing all the Led Zeppelin albums, I, I just I wanted to be a drummer my whole life, and um, you know, ended up doing that exactly that. Uh, so. You know, that was awesome. And so I really didn't have to buy music probably the first half of my life. Um, and, you know, so it was, it was just abundant. And I mean, I even remember the four tracks that were, that were floating around as well. 
specifically, I remember Farner. I remember um, uh, some some of the Rolling Stones, uh, Chicago eight tracks that were in the house. Even like Steve Martin comedy routines. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was cool. And, uh, you know, but then, you know, things started transitioning over to, you know, more cassettes. And, and that's really where I remember most uh, some of the cassettes. Of course, you had to have the double cassette so you could, you know, play one and, and uh, you know, record uh, your own custom mixtape, uh, you know, from your various tapes and whatnot. And, you know, there's a there's a lost art form of of the mixtape. Um, you know, I remember even not too long ago, I found a CD mixtape, I guess we could call it a mix CD, but whatever. It's a mixtape. Everybody knows what it is. And but it said 2001. And so here we are. It's still in my car. And, um, you know, 17 years later, and I bet you I could guess every song that's on there. Um, you know, you kind of get to know, uh, what song's coming next. It's a, there's a certain pattern to it. I, I bet you that if you were to go back and find one of your tapes, your mixtapes from back in the day, you'd know it exactly what the next song would be and the next song and the next song. Um, you know, that was awesome. I mean, the, the hard part with making mixtapes is if there was a song that was new and it was only on the radio, right? So you had to like, Every once in a while, they would tell you that there'd be a song coming up, and you knew which song it was. It was like the hit song. And so they'd say, yeah, coming up, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. And so uh, you, you got to like, you know, you got to be primed for this. You got to make sure that your your tape is ready. It's in the right position. Um, you're ready to hit that record button. And, you know, sure enough, you start hearing the beginning of the song, and you, know, you press record, but, of course, the DJ still yapping. Right. So, or you miss it and you, you know, you only get like the, you know, they cut off the first five to 10 seconds of the song. And no big deal. You got the, you got the most of the song, but that's, you know, that was life in cassette world. Um, you know, even the, you know, I, going up to the early nineties, um, you know, cassettes were still kind of number one. CDs were, they were out, but like not everybody had a CD player. I didn't have one until. Uh, you know, probably, you know, early 90s, 94, maybe 93, 94. Um, but the you know, tapes were still very much prevalent. And uh, even like they came out with the, uh, do you guys remember the singles? Uh, you know, so it was like a, a single tape. And then there was like some, sometimes there was actually a really good song on the other side. Otherwise, it was some obscure version. But it's where I first found, um, Couple actually singles that that come to mind. Number one was "Creep" from Radiohead, and people who know me know it's my favorite song of all time. Um, I played that probably five hundred times a day. Um, and then on the other side was "My Iron Lung," which was like another really great song. Um, and if you listen to "My Iron Lung," you should go 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 out and Google this song, "My Iron Lung," and then. Take a look at one of the songs that I did called Radio Vana. And I think you're going to find some similarities just in the tone and the kind of the way, um, you know, the, the, the song kind of progresses. But, um, absolutely admitting the fact that, that Radio Vana is a complete ripoff of My Iron Lung, uh, may even be in the same key. 
Um, but, uh, you know, nobody from Radiohead is, has reached out to me on that. So I guess, I guess I'm okay. But, uh, even like the bands I was in, you know, if you were in a band and you were doing a demo, you were doing a demo tape. I mean, you, nobody had the, the cash to actually create a CD. It wasn't like, you know, it, it is now where you could, you could burn a CD in 10 seconds. But even now, nobody's got CD players. But, but there was a, at the time, uh, you know, the, the cheapest thing to do would be to, you know, if you were in a, a band, you would go into a studio and you record on a four track and, um, you know, you do like a four or five song demo and, uh, you, so you'd create like a master, like they would give you this, this tiny little, uh, was called a DAT tape, a digital audio tape. Uh, and that came from, the actual reels that you recorded on. So you went to the reels to the DAT tape. That was a digital audio tape. So you would send that in, um, uh, to be mastered. And then, uh, then you would then have to send your, your master tape to a, uh, like a replicator. So they would, from that master, they would make all your, your tapes. And, you know, I thought I was cool because we had like the clear tapes. So back in the day, you either had, it was like all white. Right. Or it was like some of them were beige. And then of course there was like colorful ones for, you know, probably Prince had a purple tape, I'm guessing. But then you got into, it was more like that translucent, uh, translucent graphite kind of looking tape. So that was really cool. You knew you hit the big time then. And you had, you, of course you had your stuff printed on there, but it was so much easier to distribute the tape and it was cheaper. So you, know, you basically just like, well, anywhere you went, you, you know, I had a pocket full of tapes and you would just like hand one out and hand one out and nobody listened to it, but just like nobody listened to CDs now. But, um, you know, you thought you were cool. Um, you know, but then, you know, the transition to CD, like I said, I, I was kind of, I don't know if I was late to the game or early to the game, but it was, I remember being in high school. Uh, in fact, I bought my first CD player off of my buddy Jarrett. Um, and with that, I got, uh, you know, he included into the bundle, uh, Appetite for Destruction. Um, uh, Skid Row, um, the, their, their first CD. Um, and, um, I think that was it. So I got those two CDs and, uh, but man, talk about, I mean, if you're going to have your first two CDs being those two, um, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was, um, what was their, it, Skid Row's first major CD was a monkey business. Um, anyway, it had like, I remember you and 18 and life on there. So I, I think it was monkey business. But, uh, it was, uh, it was amazing after listening to tape and, and vinyl my whole life to hear the sound of the CD and how crystal clear it was. And you, know, you heard all these high frequencies you really didn't hear, uh, from tape, but man, I thought it was like the coolest thing. So then it was, okay, well, you know, I, I want to buy CDs now, but they're, I mean, they were expensive. I mean, if you, like I, when, uh, you know, I remember shopping for tapes at Sam Goody back in the day. Um, and, um, you know, when they start selling CDs, it was like, it was like 15 bucks a pop. And, you know, that was a lot of money. It's a lot of money right now. I mean, I sell my CDs for $5 a piece and nobody wants to buy them, but you're going to, I mean, you know, I'm sure Billy Joel is three times better than me, but still 15 bucks for, you know, 10 songs just seemed like a lot of money. Um, so, I mean, they did have those, uh, CD singles, which was great. So. Just like the Kiss singles, you know, I had one or two songs on there that that you could record. Uh, but what you couldn't do is, um, you know, not until 
you know, later in the 90s, but you needed a CD burner to actually make your own CD mixtape. And nobody had one of them. Um, so, you know, you still had tapes for mixtapes and stuff like that, or you can make cassette mixtapes from your CDs. Um, you know, otherwise you had to go to the store. You had to go to, uh, Sam Goody became Strawberries. Um, uh, we had this, uh, place called Record Castle in the area. And they had not only new CDs, but they had, uh, live concert CDs. They had, uh, bootleg type, uh, CDs and stuff like that. Um, and they had still had tapes, I think, and even vinyl. Um, but then all these other CD stores were kind of popping up. You could buy stuff from the bookstores. Um, there was FYE. Um, you know, there was, there was a bunch of stores at the mall that sold CDs, but Strawberries or Sam Goody was the best. Uh, just kind of rooting through everything. And, and it really mattered what the album cover looked like. That's kind of how you shop for stuff. Um, if the album cover looked cool, you might, yeah, you might want to check it out. Um, and then of course there was like deals and stuff. And then, you know, they had the, uh, the CD box sets. I remember my mom got me the Led Zeppelin box set for Christmas. Um, I believe it was in 1990. Um, and it was like the great, actually I, I have to, I'm lying. It was the, it was the box set, but it was on tape. Um, so it was four, it was four tapes. And it was like the greatest, but I always wanted it on CD and, and, uh, uh, never got it, but, um, I ended up getting them all on, on, uh, MP3 somehow. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Record Castle was the kind of where you went. I mean, I got one of my favorite CDs of all time. It was, uh, Guns N' Roses Live at the Ritz and it was like all their hits and it was, the sound was incredible. Um, and, uh, I don't know where that CD went, but I definitely need to go out and get that again because it was one of my favorites. Um, you know, and then I think later uh, in the 90s, the uh, this uh, company called CD Now came out, and they were right here, like right on the Roosevelt Boulevard uh, in uh, just past Philly. But they had a pl- they had a spot right on the on the on the boulevard. You could actually order your CDs online, which was completely new. Um, you know, you had to put like your credit card information in there. It was scary, but still it was like, yeah, you order a CD three days later, it was at your house. Um, and I know that like Columbia house and those guys kind of caught up, but, um, um, but you know, it was kind of cool ordering stuff online. And then that lasted for, I want to say like maybe like a good solid two years. And then. Amazon, who was primarily selling books at the time, decided they were going to uh, do CDs. Um, and I think once they got it, I think it was over. Um, also, at the time, you uh, you had a ability to see uh, to get uh, you could burn your own CDs. The, the 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 hardware that the CD burners were getting less and less expensive, uh, and in fact, they start putting them on. Uh, desktop computers and laptops and things like that. So finally you could afford to kind of burn your own CDs and start doing your own, uh, CD mixtapes. So it was such a great time. And, and that's really, I mean, up until I want to say that was like 99, 2000. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of Amazon. It was a lot of, uh, CD mixtapes. And then, um, and then the iPod came out and that was like, game changer because everything was digital but you still had to get your music on there somehow 
So I think I got my first iPod. I want to say it was like 2000, I don't know, five. I had, I had an MP3 player before that. It was called like a Rio. I don't know if you guys remember these. It was like 256 KB. It held like eight songs at a time. And, uh, so if you were tired of those eight songs, you had to go put, uh, eight more songs on there. But the iPod could hold, you know, like a hundred songs. And it was like, oh my God, it was the greatest thing ever. Um, uh, but I was, uh, I was a late adopter to that. But once I had it, I basically ripped all my CD music onto my iPod and it was like, it was over. I mean, it was like at that point, I couldn't see, you know, even buying another CD. I could buy it right from the iTunes store. Um, fairly cheaply, you know, dollar song. And, um, you know, ever since then, it was like, I, I use the iTunes store to supplement, you know, all the tapes that I've lost, all the songs I missed. Um, the very first, uh, I remember the very first CD I bought, um, was, uh, Journey's Greatest Hits. And I bought that from the iTunes store. Uh, and then I start buying all these greatest hits CDs. Um, you know, all these albums and things that I've lost, Metallica and ACDC. Um, I bought some Grateful Dead stuff. Um, I, I repurchased some of the songs that, uh, I used to own, but I kind of lost the CDs or the CD was cracked. Um, I pretty much supplemented all my, uh, all my music. And, and, you know, I can't remember the last time I actually purchased a CD. Um, and, you know, so even when, you know, I got and I was making my own CDs, uh, you know, I was I was excited. I had my own CD and, and you know, I was trying to, you know, sell them. But but I kind of I think I missed the boat. Nobody was buying CDs anymore. But uh, even though you could buy my stuff now on digitally, um, it was really kind of cool having my own CD. So so that part is cool. I probably, you know, I I so I've released two CDs. Uh, I probably won't do another one on CD. If anything, I'm going to do it uh, all digital and uh, maybe even press a couple vinyl because that's kind of coming back. So um, now if you go back and you listen to a vinyl, if you haven't done so in a while, you're going to notice like a richness that is not on CDs. Um, there is a uh, just a body at the low end of, of the frequency that is just not on CDs anymore um, or digital. Um, I think digital, there's a little too much high end. Um, and of course everything is, is so loud where you miss that dynamics of a song that you get from vinyl or cassette. Um, so I don't know. So I think vinyl might be coming back in which case, who knows, maybe there'll be more, an opportunity for, uh, local record stores to, to reopen and maybe we'll have a, you know, a resurgence of that. Um, that would be cool. Um, and, uh, I hope that happens. I really do. Cause I think there's, there's a, you know, I think the, the music industry itself is kind of suffering. Um, nobody wants to buy music anymore. Um, and the only way to really make sure that people buy music is he put it on a medium that you can't really copy. So maybe vinyl is the way to go. Maybe that'll save the music industry, but I don't know. Um, you know, as a musician, you know, I've always wanted to support other musicians and, um, you know, love to buy their music, but, you know, as, as, as I understand also being broke as well and not being able to afford everybody's stuff. But at the same time, if you really like a band and you want to support them, buy their music, please. 
Um, and uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, do you think vinyl is going to come back? Does Does anybody still own a, uh, a vinyl collection? I'm interested in hearing what your collection is. And if uh, I'm just going to put this out there, if if you know if uh, vinyl makes a comeback, will you go and and buy a couple records and and uh, you know enjoy music once again? So interested in your comments. Uh, but thank you for listening so far. You can listen to the other episodes. This is episode five. The other episodes are on my website, tomcashman.com slash podcast. Uh, the main website is anchor.fm slash WHT. Don't forget, keep the messages coming. I really appreciate them. I've gotten some good feedback so far on some of these other ones. And uh, the more feedback I get, the more motivated I'll be to do more. And um, uh, anyway, thanks for listening and talk to you soon. <laughs>